Back again, number two, show number two. Shellac and vinyl. Yes, it is. Chip and Guy here. I'm Guy, he's Chip, and uh, we're going to play some records, shellac and vinyl, over the next couple hours and kind of generally BS and maybe have a cider or two and see where things lead. Hopefully, they'll lead better than our Mariners. <laughs> yes, yes. I have not. <laughs> or, no, we can keep a lead. <laughs> we we uh, played a baseball record last time because it was getting to be baseball season. But man, I'll tell you, those Mariners they they take the wind out of the sails of their fans every year. I'm not going to play any baseball records tonight. Okay, but uh, so again on the fly, we don't have a set program, and it's just kind of grabbing the records and throwing them on the platter and seeing what comes out of the wash. Well, I was most pleasantly surprised last time with the things you were able to pull out. <laughs> well, let's start it off. Uh, last time we started off with Louis Armstrong, one of the greatest cornet and trumpet players of all time. Well, I'm going to start off with another one of the greatest cornet and trumpet players of all time, a guy named Bix Biderbeck. Biggs Spiderbeck? Bix Biderbeck. <laughs> Bix Biderbeck. All, all right. right. Take it away, guy. Love the how they play Boy, they really play Thank you. 
NFL, Bix Beiderbeck. Yeah, okay, well, that's actually the Paul Whiteman band, and Bix was the first cornet in that band. Uh, you know, Bix kind of had a, a flaming career for several years, and then he died very young as a result of... Yeah, I, I see he's kind of the Hank Williams of the cornet. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, Serious you got your... alcoholism, overdid it, touring, died at 27. You've got your Google here tonight. <laughs> Way to go, That's man. That's what I add. Check this out. There's, uh, the people at home can't see this, but I've got my Bix Biderbeck book right here on the desk. My goodness. Bix, yes. man and legend. That's right. Quite a dapper man, I see there. Yes, he was. So, so taught himself the cornet. The, uh, one of the vocalists on that song was... Bing Crosby, and then the other, the female was Irene Taylor, and Bix played the uh, trumpet solos. I can't say that I heard Bing Crosby on that. I guess I was not listening close enough. He's there. So uh, let's let's keep on with Bix. This one is kind of one that he did with uh, Hoagie Carmichael, and uh, Hoagie Carmichael and Benny Goodman, Tom Dorsey, and Gene Krupa, where they got together and probably had a few ciders and then decided to record a song. Wow. This is like the one of the very early all-star bands. Yes, Barnacle Bill the Sailor. <laughs> okay. Here we are, folks. <laughs>
Well, I was asking myself, why is it I know Hoagie Carmichael? Uh, Stardust. He wrote Stardust. That's his biggest tune, and everybody knows it. And of course, you're a big Willie fan, and Willie did a whole album devoted to Stardust, and Hoagie Carmichael wrote it. I think it was more that he was in To Have and Have Not with Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Wow, the Google strikes again. (laughs) Because I'm going like, hey, I know this name. Why do I know this name over all others? (laughs) Hoagie. Hoagie Carmichael from Indiana. So that that was kind of one where they just got together and let her rip, it sounds like to me. So, since we last met, there have been, at least, there has been at least one important death in the the music world. Chuck Berry died. It's been that long, huh? Uh, Yeah, I guess it has. (laughs) And, And since we last, since we last met, I have also secured some more records. Surprise, surprise. Amongst those records is a 78 of uh, of Mr. Berry. School Day by Chuck Berry. But I I'm, see that the label there says chess. It's a chess record, yeah. I am not going to play School Day because that's one people have heard. I'm going to play the flip side where he cooks a little bit on the guitar. I think you'll appreciate this. Looking forward to it. It's called Deep Feeling. <laughs> Thank you. 
he can make that guitar cry. Yeah, I thought that sounded pretty cool. Yeah. And you never really think of Chuck Berry as a, you know, a guitar master because he was always, you know. Yeah, you know, kind of upbeat. Yeah, hopping around the stage and running around and singing rock and roll. Well. And sleeping in his car. Yeah, I don't know if he did that. But I do remember when I was in junior high, the last big Chuck Berry song came out, and I was never impressed with it particularly. My Dingling. Do you remember that? That was his biggest selling record. Yeah. Well, At least according to the paper in his obituary. That's that's bad. It's horrible that people might remember him by that. But years ago, when I was <clears throat> doing my going through the records at the Goodwills and whatnot of the world, trying to find stuff, I came upon a record that uh, I'd never heard of this guy. It's a guy named, um, what's his name? Doug, Doug Clark and the Hot Nuts. It's an adult party record from, from maybe the early 60s, maybe late. I thought we were going to keep this a family show. Well, my dingling was Chuck Berry's, you know, radio hit. What I discovered was Chuck Berry was not the first guy that did my dingling. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Please don't say it ain't so, guy. It's true. Doug did it first, and we're going to play it. It's an album cut off this record. I'm going to play it, and hopefully Chuck didn't tame it down too much. All right. Here we go. special. Doug who? Doug Clark and the Hot Nuts. Well, I definitely like Chuck Berry's original a little bit better. Well, yeah. Chuck Berry didn't write the original, though. It's, you know, kind of, it's based on the same, <laughs> same, you know, five words. Sure. Uh, you know, last week we did this, uh, you know, the double entendre. Well, last show we did the double entendre records, and I had a bit of fun with that. I, I wanted to play one last week that I heard uh, a few years ago at Jazz Alley by Dr. John, and when I heard it, it was like, oh, that's a great, uh, that's a great song. Again, I'm going through records one day when I was out hunting, 
I found the original version of what, what Dr. Dr. John, John played okay. at Jazz Alley. And it's how come my dog don't bark when you come around? <laughs> Are we going to get the answer? You say you never met my wife, you never saw her before. You don't visit me when I ain't home. Well, here's what I want to know. How come my dog don't bark when you come around? Now, uh, he's about the meanest dog there is in town. Oh, yeah. He'd bite anybody. My sister or my brother. He'd even take a plug out of my old feeble mother. Yeah, he bit the mailman and he sees him every day. You say he never saw you before, but he wants to jump up and play. Now, I don't know just what you are putting down. How come my dog don't bark when you come around? Now, ordinarily, he ain't no friendly dog. He don't make friends too fast. Never known him to make a friendship in his life that would last. But when you came by the house last night, he rolled all over the floor, wagging his tail and blinking his eyes like he's seen you there before. Somebody's been getting familiar, so I found. How come my dog don't bark when you come around? Huh? Now that dog of mine's a biting dog. I try to keep folks straight. Even got myself a bad dog sign and hung it on the gate. But when you came by the house last night, you walked right past that sign. That dog just lay there half asleep. Didn't pay you no mind. Now he's my dog, but when I come home, he don't sleep that sound. How come my dog don't bark when you come around? Huh? I still don't understand why he was so friendly with you last night. Now I know my dog don't like strangers. I know that he'll bite. When I called my dog to come to his master, what did my dog do? Just took one look at me and growled and ran right straight to you. Somebody's been confusing my house. How come my dog don't bark when you come round? Huh? Oh, but I'm gonna break up that confusion. Oh, yeah. First, uh, I'm gonna fire that dog. Second, uh, I'm gonna hire my pearl hound racer. And third, one of these days I'm gonna be gone and I ain't gonna be gone. Me and my pearl hound racer is gonna do some investigating. We're gonna find out how come, how come, oh yeah. How come my dog don't bark when you uh, come around? A fine recording. I'd like to see that updated by somebody. That was a great story. That's Prince Patridge. Uh, I think that if you would have been a jazz alley with me that night, you would have heard uh, Dr. John update it. I imagine he did a wonderful version. Yes, he did. Let's continue on down that path. I noticed. I, I think we might have introduced it as "How come my dog don't bite when you come around?" But maybe I just misheard that. Because, because, because my dog barking. Now I understand. <laughs> did I say bite? I, I don't know. The, the tape. The tape just, will tell. The tape will tell. How come my dog don't you know, bark when you come around? As your trusty sidekick, I should pay more attention to what you're actually <laughs> saying. Maybe it's not really that important. <laughs> the music is what's important. The music is important. Here, here's another one blocking down that double entendre path. And and who is the artist that we will be listening to here? The artist is Carol 
Chappelle with the Vincent Cantonese, Cantonese Orchestra. All right, then. Like Cantonese? Like, like Cantonese. Cantonese, okay. Huh, I wonder what that means. Now a friend of mine named Mandy Moore owns a second-hand furniture store. And at her special sale one day, this is what I heard her say. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have here a very fine modernistic chair. Very good condition. I'd like to auction off to the highest bidder. How much am I offered? How much am I offered? Why don't you give it away, babe? Why don't I give it away? Say, listen. If I can't sell it, I'll keep sitting on it. I ain't giving nothing away. You've just got to buy it. I don't care how much you want it. And I mean just what I say. Why, just look at that nice soft bottom. It's built for wear and tear. I really hate to part with such an easy chair. But if I can't sell it, I'll keep sitting on it. I ain't giving nothing away. Now, there's not a finer set of legs anywhere in this town. And you'll never see a back like this for miles around. Why, just look at that shapely body. It's easy on the eye and guaranteed to stand up under any waiter's size. Now, if you had something like this waiting home for you at night, you'd never want to wander, because you know it's built just right. And it's in A1 condition. Why, it's practically brand new. It's one and only owner was a man of 92. Iceman by Billy Mitchell, and then we'll move on to something else. <laughs> Fair enough. Iceman like George Gervin. That's right. <laughs> San Antonio Spur. Iceman! Iceman! Telling all you folks y'all better buy some ice. Told you once, ain't gonna tell you twice. Think y'all better change your plan and get yourself a new ice man. You know I'm selling the coldest eyes in town. Uh, let me know when I can call around. I would like to be your ice man. I'm selling the coldest 
mess in town. Ladies all think that I'm a nice ice man. Love to see me when I call around. The lady living over there across the creek, she gets one piece and it lasts a whole week. The better let me be your ice man. I'm selling the coldest ice in town. Tell down that ice man, ice man, coldest ice in town. Ladies all think I'm a nice ice man. Love to see me when I call around. You know I'm the best ice man is in these blocks. I'll give you the right size piece. Just show me your box. Ice man. Selling the coldest eyes in town. Ice man. Ice man. Coldest eyes in town. Ladies all think that I'm a nice ice man. Love to see me when I call around. I'm telling you this, mama, and I'm telling you in front. Get the right kind of piece that lasts a solid month. Ice man. Cold eyes. Selling the coldest eyes in town.
Truly lovely. Yeah, Jimmy Reed's got the got the thing, doesn't he? He does. You know, it was a very interesting mix, putting that uh, backbeat just really out front. Yeah, yeah. Well, what uh, what our lovely audience didn't hear is that uh, during the icebox song, I asked Guy to play me something foot tapping, and, and I think he he absolutely succeeded. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's continue with the foot tapping. Uh, I want to do a couple songs in a row where we play the backside of the big hit. So, the song that people haven't really heard. A favorite uh, pastime of mine. Yes. This one is the backside of Earth Angel by the Penguins. You would be surprised at how much this rocks. Uh, I would have to say I know nothing about the Penguins other than I know that Earth Angel song. So... Take it away, penguins. Here we go. Excellent choice. I love playing backsides. Yeah, let's follow it up with the backside of the platters, only you. But this one is called Bark, Battle, and Ball. But it's not Bite, Battle, and Ball. It's Bark, <laughs> bark Battle, and battle, Ball. And ball. 
take it away guy. Yeah, you don't think the platters rock that hard, but they this song they really did. I like that song. That was great. That was really great. So doo wop bands, really, really fun. Yeah, but that's not really doo wop. I mean, that just they that's you know, those are not four guys and a girl sitting around on a corner, you know, doing a harmony thing. Okay, <laughs> I'll grant you that. All right. So you know, I've just a ooh up ooh in the background. No. Last time we did this show. And uh, so bring everybody up to speed. Uh, I was talking about how I would go down to the basement and just bring up records that I have not heard, but I've had forever. Yes. Pile by pile, working my way through the collection. Well, I found another, just another gem. Doing that just this past week, I came upon a record by a group on a Seattle label from the 40s called J.R. Ranch. The group is Norm Hogue. I think H O U G E. I did the internet look up for him, and I can't find a thing about him. Hmm. And it's called Showbox Boogie. All right, straight out of the Seattle label. Straight out of my basement. <laughs> out of the basement. <laughs> Thank you. 
incredible. Isn't that just amazing? That was really tight. God, it was great stuff. Yeah. Like, who are now, these guys? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I read somewhere that Seattle was kind of a hotbed of yes. jazz, although that was kind of more swing band. But no, no, they, they had a thing going. I mean, Ray Charles got a start here. Quincy yeah. Jones got his start here. The, uh, the Jackson Street area. It exactly. Was, it was uh, a thing. And I think this had to have been part of that because, man, that thing cooks, right? Yeah, no, that was incredible. Hey, you just stumbled upon that in your basement. It's like I've got these boxes, these old milk crate boxes, right? Just filled with records that I haven't gone through. And, you know, typically a, a record that says J.R. Ranch, you would, <laughs> you know, I, my, my initial impression is that's going to be like a square dance record. Right, something country. I pull it upstairs. I put it on the, the, the turntable. Boom. There we go. My goodness. Maybe, maybe I'm going to have to take some time and research some of those uh, early Seattle labels. Yeah. You know, where did I... Did, did I run into you and your wife somewhere recently? Why, you did. <laughs> what a kind of a quink-a-dink that was, right? <laughs> and, a great, and a great time was had by all at the Blasters. Yes. So, why don't we give Dark Knight a try? I think that'd be wonderful. Things didn't happen anymore. 
song just rocks yeah i tell you that uh blasters guitarist keith wyatt that that guy you know i feel like you know when i see some shows and i see these guys with just massive pedal boards and all these effects which i have to confess i use myself but to see somebody like wyatt just take that essentially i think he had a telly um and a strat and just do all that just just simple guitar work just it was really impressive do you know where he came from because you know he's not the original guitarist dave alvin was the original guitarist right but dave passed away right no no dave went off on his own and he's got his own gig going ah. but i don't know where this this new guy came from he's uh he is amazing yeah he was really impressive but actually yeah phil and dave occasionally get together and record. I saw them the tractor out in Seattle about a year ago hmm. together, and that was a good that was a good show. Hey, along those lines, we last time we did this, we played something by a guy named Sanford Clark, and you had never heard of this guy and were impressed by it. Well, why don't we play the flip side of that record this time? And this is Nine Pound Hammer. Take it away, guy. Well, roll on, buddy Don't you roll so slow How can I roll This nine-pound hammer Is a little too heavy For my size For my size Roll on, buddy Don't you roll so slow How can I roll Roll on, buddy 
probably imagine the blasters actually singing that song at some point <laughs> yes i can well we've heard a little bit of the, the that was a part of the shellac part of the show we've heard a little bit of vinyl let's get back to some more vinyl kind of mix it up a little bit now we remember that the the shellac and vinyl that we're playing is out of our own collections and sometimes those collections may not be in pristine condition but nevertheless that's what we have I think we should probably make it perfectly clear. This is your collection, guy. Although, although I did recently add to it. You, you did. You did. Um, we may we may play one of those records. We'll see how things progress here in the next hour or so. But let's. You you remember Lou Rawls? Oh, absolutely. You'll never find another yeah. love like mine. But you know he didn't always sound like that. At one time he was a shouter. A shouter. A blues shouter. Let's hear one of his early hits called Tobacco Road. Very good. I was born in a dump. My mama died and my daddy got drunk. He left me here to die or grow in the middle of Tobacco Road. I grew up in a rusty shack All I owned was a hanging on my back Lord knows how I loathe This place called Tobacco Road But it's home, yeah the only life I'd ever known But the Lord knows I love tobacco road Gonna leave and get 
job with the help and the grace of I'll save my money and get rich I know bring it back to tobacco road bring dynamite and the crane Blow it up and start all over again I'll build a town and be proud to show And keep the name Tobacco Road Cause it's home, yeah The only life I've I despise you cause you're filthy But I love you cause you're home Tobacco Road, Tobacco Road You're dirty and you're filthy Tobacco Road I'm gonna get me some dynamite And bring me a crane know about that one guy no i don't know it seemed uh see i, I think the big band arrangement kind of lost some grit for me okay huh you know it's all about our learning experiences <laughs> won't play tobacco road for us again <laughs> i like that it's got a nice easy bluesy feel to it it's kind of relaxed but to me it's got a little bit of dirt between the toes well, Tobacco Road was dirty, I understand. Yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to another older jump blues kind of musician, Memphis Slim. What do you think about that? Uh, I think I'm dying to hear some Memphis Slim. All righty. Let's go. <laughs> Could be 
wonderful yeah i thought it was a little slow i was hoping that i think i put it on the wrong side but uh <laughs> it is what it is hey you know we've um we've been kind of in this kind of relaxed mode since we played the blasters uh, back in 1965 there was this uh, song called liar liar by the castaways do you know that song i have never heard that song. i bet you have when you hear it oh yeah yeah i it might have even been by on the castaways the, it might have been on the Good Morning Vietnam soundtrack, but I don't know right off the top of my head. But let's play that 45 and see what you think. All righty. I've certainly heard that song, but I'm thinking I've heard somebody else cover it. Debbie Harry did a version. Like? The Blondie. Like Blondie. Singer. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you can tell that's a beat 45. It's from my collection. <laughs> Isn't it a shame that, you know, folks aren't growing up these days with skipping records? <laughs> you know, everything's right. digital, nothing skips. Well, that's the beauty of shellac you know, and vinyl, right? Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. It's true. Um, and in that regard, 
Let's play a 78 that I'm, I'm quite confident you've never heard of this lady, Lizzie Miles. She was a kind of like, a, you know, contemporary of Bessie Smith uh, in the 30s and then kind of disappeared for a couple decades. And then in the mid-50s, she reappeared, early 50s, she reappeared in New Orleans with this group, this backing group. And I'm going to play one of the songs she released at that time on Capitol, a 78. Well, do we do we have any story as to where she went when she disappeared? Oh, I don't really know. Right One of the great off, mysteries of music. I don't, I don't know right off the top of my head. But right. Let's put it that way. Well, maybe I'll have to do some research on that. Lizzie Miles. Lizzie Miles. Take it away, guy. song is from the 20s sometime guy it's amazing how preserved that is no this this is a, a remake that she did in the early 50s or late 40s oh in the 50s okay or late 40s it did say she stepped away from the uh, music scene because she had a very serious illness did she uh doesn't say what the illness is but uh so that was a, that was a remake from the 50s because i was amazed at how little scratching and the production on that that was uh Definitely an updated song. Yeah, well, but I, I it was a it was a seventy eight from the late forties or early fifties when she made her comeback. Down along in that New Orleans area, it's down in the south somewhere. There's a place called Memphis, where <laughs> Sam Phillips had his little son empire. Uh, my recollection is Memphis and New Orleans are not very close. Well, but when you're like looking at the map from 
Seattle. It's, it's <laughs> down there somewhere, right? <clears throat> but I'd like to shift into a, a segue into a little discussion about Sun Records and maybe play a Sun Record. I think that'd be great. We have a, a record here from a guy named Jack Earls, one of the early Sun artists, and I ran across this forty-five. It, I mean, kind of like Eureka at a Value Village maybe 20, 25 years ago, and there was a, a cache of maybe five Sun 45s, and, and I got them. So when this happens, is it that you see Sun Records? Because you don't recognize these names, do you? Or, or now, uh, now you now, do, I guess. Now I would. At that time, I didn't, but I yeah. grabbed Sun. You know, I, I grabbed them. I knew Sun, you know. Right. And so let's hear. This, is the, this was the, the very first song you recorded for Sam Phillips and um this is uh this is called A Fool for Loving You. we're gonna hence, have hence to, the value village <laughs> no that was in great shape i don't i think that the the, the stylus weight is a little light uh because it's not the first one that we've run into like that i think i'm gonna start playing everything on the 
the 78 player. Yeah, we, uh, we should acknowledge for our listeners, we have dueling turntables yes. here. And, and, and that would be the third song in a row from the uh, particular turntable that has had a skip on it. Right. So I think what I'm going to do, and, and I was going to do this anyway, but what I'm going to do is now I'm going to flip the sun and play the hit. The moon? I'm going to flip the sun and play the hit from the other side that I didn't play. And this is actually the a rockin' rockabilly type of song. And it's not going to skip because I'm playing on the other turntable. And I think that we're going to like this one. All right. I'm looking forward to it. going too fast now. Much better now, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Sun Records. Yep. Sam Phillips. And from Sun, let's take it to another local, a regional southern uh, label called Trumpet from uh, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi, to be exact. And we're going to hear a guy named Worley Fairburn doing kind of a uh, Louisiana-sounding folk song Worley Fairburn Worley Fairburn I just I, again I'm astounded where you come up with these folks this is part of the shellac stuff the sh- back, back to the shellac <laughs> Oh 
good trapping. We trap and hug and fish and love, and we'll be much happy. It's trapping season for that reason. I say, come, Marie. I tell my mammy, make the jar so we make love, sherry. Sweet Marie, say we, we, we'll go camping. We trap and hug and fish and love, and we'll be much happy. through a Zydeco phase. Uh, I think Buckwheat Zydeco just died in the last year, huh? Uh, I think it wasn't too long ago, right. In a band called uh, Beaujolais, I have a few uh, of their albums. I like to, I'd like to try to find more of the, the actual, you know, contemporaneous uh, Zydeco music like that. Right. It's hard to find, especially up here. Well, maybe we need to be looking for more trumpet recordings. Well, if you can find a trumpet recording, snag it, because they're hard to find. All right. I know a guy guy that lives in Jackson, Mississippi. He said they're impossible to find. Huh. And he's he's a 78 collector. In Jackson. Yeah. I'm going to try the 45 on the other turntable again. I I don't know if it's going to work. I hope so. All right. If, it's, if, it, if skips, it skips, we'll know it's consistent. Yes. Do we want any 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 description, or will this be immediately recognizable? I don't think it's going to be recognizable, but it's pure penetration by the pyramids. All righty.
that was uh, very interesting, as I said, moving from Jackson to the California seaside. Well, it's a little bit of surf music, and that's what makes that's what's kind of fun actually about having all sorts of different musical tastes because you go from it's kind of like going to a buffet really is you know you you get mashed potatoes but then you get to get carrots and if you need carrots if you don't want carrots you get corn (laughs) well that was the corn rutabaga rutabaga they don't normally serve those at at a buffet no no rutabaga not your typical buffet food yeah I don't know how we ended up talking about food. Well, you know, it all comes down to food in the end. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Food's just... Food and water. Food's a necessity, I guess, and that's all that it is, kind of like sleep. Wow. Yeah. That's a very existential question, uh, issue. Discussion. Yeah, I was I was reading some interesting new stuff on sleep. Uh, really, uh, really strange part of, of, of human consciousness. Mm-hmm. Or unconsciousness, or subconsciousness. There you go. Yeah, I think it's the... They, they're not really sure why the brain needs the sleep it needs, but it clearly does. Yeah, and then there's all sorts of crazy things going on when you're doing it. <laughs> That's right? so true, yeah. yeah. Well, on that, let's let's get back to the, the rockabilly, kind of rockabilly. This isn't really rockabilly, but it's kind of a precursor, and it's, it's um, along that, you know, kind of open road big truck type of song that we kind of delved into last time with Hot Rod this is a song called Diesel by uh, what is that called? Diesel Diesel Smoke by Sons of the Pioneers who are known for singing Cool Water which is a very mellow kind of cowboyish song I, I feel as though they were the backup band to, to Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers, that's it. <laughs> that's I was right. thinking I was going like somebody in the Sons of the Pioneers. I was, I was. Yeah, he was one of the Sons of the Pioneers. All and right then. Broke out, but this is completely not in that kind of feel. Okay. Diesel smoke. <laughs> I'm driving this truck on a mountain road, got a hot rod rig and a flying low. My eyes are filled with diesel smoke, these hairpin curves ain't no joke, diesel smoke. Dangerous curve. Out last night drinking beer with the guys, got an aching head and bloodshot eyes. Ended up with a pretty little dame, I didn't even know her name, diesel smoke. I gotta get to going cause I'm running late This mountain grade is mighty steep Can't stay awake, ain't had no sleep Diesel smoke Dangerous girl I got a gal at the bottom of the grade She's got the coffee already made Gotta keep my eyes up on the road Going downhill with a heavy load Diesel smoke Thank you. 
close my eyes a while, cause here I am a running wild. I burn my brakes and strip my gears, don't have to ride her down, I fear diesel smoke. <laughs> I should have left that gal alone, but it's too late now, cause I think I'm gone. Got myself into this fix, all because I tried to mix diesel smoke. Diesel smoke. I was saying to a guy during that song that the horn reminded me of a Zamboni. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, actually, I guess it's not the Zamboni. It's it's the uh, horn that that goes off when they score. Boy, <laughs> clearly I am not an avid so- hockey fan. <clears throat> I don't watch hockey much. I you know I tend to ebb and flow with it. Uh, lately, I've actually watched a bit of hockey. Um, Boy, there was a game the other night that just, I, I you know, I like the the Swedish hockey. I'm a big fan of the uh, uh, Detroit Red Wings and the, you know, I'm I'm steeped in soccer, so I like the puck control, really uh, flourishing skating, um, that kind of pinpoint passing and stuff. That that's just really cool. But I watched this game the other day. I think it was the Rangers and the uh, Habs. And it was brutal. I mean, <laughs> this, this, this was was essentially the f- football scrimmage line on ice. I mean, they were just bashing each other. And I thought, wow, you know, what a tremendously different game this was than than other other games I had seen. And yeah. it was just, it was so physical, unbelievable. And I just, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that those guys can do that on skates. I haven't, just, uh, I haven't <clears throat> seen a hockey game or hockey match whatever you want to call it probably since about 1966 when my dad took me to a seattle totems western hockey league game well the thunderbirds are actually doing well this year i think we're, we're going far in the playoffs yeah. but well <clears throat> i don't know <laughs> all right enough about hockey <laughs> we should maybe have a sports talk show too diesel smoke <laughs> <laughs> by the sons of the pioneers sons of the pioneers so as without we, roy or was roy in there at the time i don't yeah boy i don't know but i was as i was sitting here listening to it i had kind of this feel like i wanted to hear some jimmy witherspoon and i pulled out this lp that i have and i just don't know if i want to play this kind of a too relaxed feeling but i think i want to play a 78 where he was the lead singer for the jay mcshan band and this is on again shellac, and it's um, it's uh, Jimmy Witherspoon singing the lead over the the uh, Jay McShane band. Okay. <laughs> Oh, hey. 
dress in fancy clothes I wouldn't even care If she didn't wear nylon I want a little girl To have a lot I would give her anything I've got For a little girl to fall in love with me definitely got a just a, a feel for the music i see here he recorded with van morrison i think in his i wonder later, when yeah. they would have would have crossed paths well you know van morrison was a big fan of of blues music and rhythm and blues so i think i you know that doesn't that doesn't really surprise me that much <laughs> uh let's let's um move it back in time to a it's kind of an obscure record from 1932 uh it's uh called was i and it's a song that was popularized in the zigfield follies and the the artists who were doing it are the elliot everett and orchestra and his singer is peggy hill was I drunk and was he handsome and did my ma give me hell? Girlfriend asked, did you have fun? She said, what 
was I drunk? Was he handsome? And did my ma give me hell? Did I get a thrill? And am I still a quiver? Was he rough? And did I care? Am I glad now that I fell? Every time I think about him, do I shiver? Was he hot? And was I? And would he stand for maybe? He would not. Did I lie? Does he still think I'm a baby? If I was, am I still? Do I care? Don't be still. Was I drunk? Was he handsome? And did mama give me hell? Was I drunk? Was he handsome? And did mama give me hell? Were his hands loose? There's no use refusing. Did he fight? Do I bruise? I'm almost ashamed to tell. I don't know yet the system he was using. I said, stop, please behave. What's the use of raving? He said, you. So I gave. After all, what was I saving? Am I glad? Holy gee, have I had you asking me? Was I drunk? Was he handsome? And did mama give me hell? You have nothing to say in response to that, I say. Zigfield Follies. Yeah. Was I drunk? I don't know. Did my mom give me hell? That's, that's kind of a fun song, isn't it? That's, uh... Yeah. Yeah. I actually found myself kind of drifting away, thinking what it was like in the 1930s, like, put that on the... It would have been a Victrola back then, um, and yeah. and be listening to that. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a Victrola. I uh, wind up like I've got down in the basement. And and as we were talking during the song, as I was pulling out the next one, you saw what I was putting on. And this is f- kind of like the early days of FM radio, right? It's freeform radio. No playlist. So from the Zigfield Follies, we move now to one of my favorites, Tower of Power. Decision 
Well, that was no Zigfield Follies, that's for sure. No, no, we just keep everybody off balance a little bit. Took us through some technical difficulties to get one that out, but I think it was worth the wait. Yeah, it was. I'm, and if, and we probably have people who might be listening to this might hear some scratchiness on some of the songs. Well, that's not going to happen for the rest of at least this podcast. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> we don't want any more technical difficulties. I see. That's what it means. That's what it means. Okay. I was about to say, are you, are you only playing up-to-date vinyl now? Oh, no, no. We'll have scratchiness on the 78s, right? <laughs> right. But not through the, the, the stylus issue. Right, right. This is by a group, a guy named Joe Morris. It's a, another 78 kind of blues jumpy type thing. Yeah, so what is this jump blues? I, I, I have to confess, I had never heard the term jump blues before, but now I see it is it is a genre. Yeah, it is. It's kind of that... Uh, you know, like we talked about it before, it's it's uh, maybe say Joe Turner would have been a good example of it. Uh, kind of a cross between like when swing kind of changed over to rhythm and blues, and there was like that blues shouter type thing going on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's kind of like jump blues. All right. Okay. So we're gonna stay in that vein right now. Well. Tower of Power wasn't jump blues. <laughs> Good point. Good point. N- nor was that surf music that we heard there. No. This, this, I bet you will be, although, to be honest with you, I'm kind of taking a, a blind throw on right here. All right. Okay. The nerve, nerve to say, Daddy, lie down in my bed. Yes, got the nerve to say, Sweet Daddy, lie down in my bed. When you start to loving that woman, sweat roll over old boy head. She said, "Come back, come back, baby, come back every day." Yes, come back. Come back, come back, baby. Come back every day. You see, I've been loved and loved and rubbed so much that my hair was rubbed away. 
Thank you, thank you. You like that? I do. That's yeah, mellow. It was, yeah, it was a little slower than 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 it could have been. Bald headed, bald head woman by Joe Morris's Blues Cavalcade. What a, wow, we we heard a cavalcade, huh? Yeah. Let's let's speed it up again a little. With uh, this is kind of weird because Red Foley was this country singer that, and I've got you know maybe thirty of his shellac discs, you know. And they're all kind of sappy. They're all, you know, I mean, they're this, this kind of this talking thing about, you know, the little girl who died. And and it's just all sorts of just not good. But there's this, this song called The Salty Dog Rag. No, is that the right one? Well, we... No, we, Milk, Milk, Milk. We had Lizzie Miles doing Salty Dog. Yeah, we're going to do the Milk Bucket Boogie instead. Milk Bucket Boogie. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of a novelty song, but it's kind of got that, it's a little bit, again, that, that, that pre-rockabilly, rock and roll type of thing, but it's crossed between country, rock, maybe, it's not the Eagles. Uh, Red Foley? Red Foley. Red Milk, Foley. Milk Bucket Boogie. Well, let's give it a spin. <laughs> The old alarm clock says, wake up, doc. I jump out of bed and I hit the floor. I got to get busy and do the morning chore. It's the milk bucket boogie. It's a wonderful sound. Oh, the milk bucket boogie when the milk comes streaming down. Bucket and I swing it on my arm. I'm in a big hurry to get to the barn. Greet old Jersey with a good, good morn. Fatten her up on the best of corn. It's the milk bucket boogie. It's a wonderful sound. Whoa, the milk bucket boogie when the milk comes streaming down. Of eats. She's the best darn cow that I ever see. She eats mighty hearty and it must be good. Cause she gives enough milk for the whole neighborhood. It's the milk bucket boogie. It's a wonderful sound. Whoa, the milk bucket boogie when the milk comes streaming down. Mm-hmm. 
just seems happy, she never complains. Winter, summer, she never does change. Stays so fat and she never goes dry. She won the blue ribbon at the county fair. It's the Milk Bucket Boogie. It's a wonderful sound. Whoa, the Milk Bucket Boogie when the milk comes streaming down. Well, I think I need to out myself that I can't see I had heard a Red Foley before, but I see he was a big, big-time country music guy. Right. Uh, so he says here that he, he hosted the first TV country music show, the Ozark Jubilee, from 1955 to 1960. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's a major guy of the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. And I can't say I've heard of Red Foley. Well, uh, that's hopefully... You know, we're touching people with this show, and and, and but you got thirty records that are just a little too sappy. Is that what you said? Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe twenty. I don't know a lot. All right, let's let's uh, this is this is it's a funny name for the uh, for the song. It's called Guitar Rock and Roll by a guy named Joe Mathis. It's not really rock and roll, but it is just some really technically proficient guitar. That is in kind of that country, amped up country. Let's put it that way from the from the early fifties. Okay. All right. Well, is it going to be some slide or? Uh, let's give it a try. Okay. Maybe it's just picking, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
feel like I heard some Alvin Lee in that. Well, this, Baby, please don't go. This guy is, uh, he's kind of known as uh, one of the, the, the forefathers of, of modern rock guitar, Joe Maphis. Oh, that was that was very nice. Thank you for introducing me to Joe Maphis. Yeah. Okay. So, and and thing that's what's fun to me is to one of the things that's fun about music is to to go back and and see where things came from. And, sure. And I've I've got I went to see Brian Wilson a couple of weeks ago when he was back in town in his Pet Sounds tour, and I I love. Brian Wilson and I don't necessarily like the Beach Boys all that much, but I do love kind of the experimental stuff that he did. Sure, the artistry of it, the Smile album, and yeah. And as as I've been collecting music, you know that in Good Vibrations, there's ample use of the theremin. Yes, and the theremin is this. Who knows? It's like a saw that was, you know, you you move it and you make it make different pitches. Uh, I've got some early stuff on theremin from like the twenties. It's boring and and it wouldn't be good to play it on here. I'm sorry. So the theremin goes back to the twenties. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I've, of course. You know, in my sheltered life, I was introduced by the, to the theremin by Jimmy Page, of course. In yeah. whole lot of love, he uses the theremin. Does he? I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I was thinking about trying to play one of those early theremin records but i think that it it just would bring the show to a grinding halt <laughs> but what i do have is one from maybe the 40s by a group called les baxter he was kind of a a poppy jazz guy and it's got theremin with a vocal group and an orchestra it's called radar blues let's try that okay
Well, it took a while, but I heard the theremin in that. Well, they, they saved the, the best part for the last third. That's right. So what did you know about the theremin? Well, I see that it was invented by Leon Theremin and patented in 1928. Leon was a Russian abstraction. And who? Leon had a son named Victor. Uh, you've added that. I, I can't confirm or deny that. Well, I, well, as during the time it was playing, I pulled out my record with Victor, Victor Theremin, Theremin from the probably 1928 or 9. Yeah. But I think it would be a, a sleepy a sleepy time inducer. Well, for those people who aren't really familiar with what, what the theremin is, it, it's essentially a radio signal. It's an antenna. And so, uh, like when Jimmy Page used to use it, he would um, it would activate with his guitar pick. So when he would wave his guitar pick near this antenna, it would go, and, and make those crazy noises you hear in A Whole Lot of Love. Yeah. Well, I think probably the best-known example of the theremin was in Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. You know, I'm I'm playing that song to myself in my head right now, and I'm not really thinking about theremin in that. Well, let's see. I'm I'm as we're speaking, I'm I'm actually going through my records and and I'm gonna try to find where that is. Why don't I not find that right now? Oh, wait, it's in here. I hope. Now, Smile was that album that, uh, like, took forever to make, right? Like, he, he like he actually uh, went a bit manic and, and in the middle of it, correct? And it, and it wasn't finished for years and years and years. That's that right. Yeah. That's right. And you know what? I don't know where my... That's got to be in here. I don't know where my version of it is. So I see you have the box set of Smile there. Yes. With all kinds of paraphernalia oh, in it. it. See, I'm throwing it up. <laughs> Watch out, that's kind of a 3D box, I yeah, see. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to find where my... Who knows where they are. But I have a sense that we're going to hear good vibrations. Now. Yeah, but on a 45 version, that's pretty beat. Well... It wouldn't be shellac and vinyl if it wasn't a beat 45. Oh, here we go then. Great. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her head I hear the sound of a on the wind that lifts her perfume through the air I'm picking up her vibrations She's giving me the excitations I'm picking up her vibrations She's giving me the excitations Good vibrations Softly smile, I know she must be kind. She goes with me to a blossom room. 
there's a theremin in that can't believe i didn't remember you can be you can be my witness that as soon as you put that on i went like oh yeah <laughs> of course there's a theremin in that <laughs> i wasn't gonna like say hey dude it's obvious where are where have you been but not for me not to say well okay so uh, that's the theremin let's move on to something else though that was fun though i kind of like i like I'm going to do something similar to that, that linking thing now. There's um, this artist, a jazz artist, from most popularly, most he was most popular in the 40s, a guy named Stan Kenton. And he was, he had big band arrangements that were, they weren't like Benny Goodman's where they, they, they swung, you know? They were kind of more, intended to be listened to and they were complex arrangements and he had a an album that was called artistry in rhythm and i want to play one of the songs from that album called artistry in bolero and this has uh vito musso on tenor saxophone kai winding on trombone and eddie safransky on bass
Stan Kenton. Yeah. Now, so he did a whole series of these artistry in blank. There's a song. There's a song called Artistry in Rhythm. There's an artistry in percussion. And this we just heard was artistry in bolero. Now, this is kind of now. This is a little bizarre. That would be Ravel's bolero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you could hear a little bit of Bolero, the the Ravel Bolero oh, absolutely. in there. Yes. Yeah, bubble, 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 you know, from um, movie ten. Ten, yeah. Yes. He he also did this artistry in Western Swing. Stan Kenton wrote artistry one of these in Western Swing. One of these artistry in blanks for Western Swing music, and there was a Western Swing musician named Tex Williams, and I've got. You know, a couple volumes of of seventy eights that are on the shelf with Tex Williams. I think he did smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Anyway, but this one is artistry in Western swing, and it's it's so bizarre. It's kind of like this jazz version of Western swing. So let's play it. Well, 
Well, thank you for introducing me to Stan Getz. Nope, Stan Kenton. Oh, it's Stan Kenton. Stan Getz played Stan, Stan Getz played with him, yes. Yeah. Uh, and the artistry. The artistry of series. Rhythm and Western Swing. Yeah, wasn't that guitar in the middle of that kind of that was, exotic? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very. It's not Western Swing at all. It's kind of this. It's kind of, seriously, it's like the Stan Kenton artistry and blank music. Very interesting phenomenon. Yeah. And well, we, you know, Stan Kenton had a lot of great players in his band over the years. Uh, uh, it's Maynard Ferguson, Stan Getz, uh, just Shorty Rogers, Art Pepper. Art Pepper was the guy I was trying to think of. Now, I mean, he he's got some great solos in there. I mean, we could we could devote an entire show to Stan Kenton with cool stuff, and it wouldn't we wouldn't have it covered in two hours. But that's it for another time. Let's let's get back on the track and play some uh, kind of more more relaxed rhythm and blues stuff. Uh, you're are you familiar with Junior Parker? I am not. Well, now you're going to be. Uh, this is going to be my Dolly B. My Dolly B. My Dolly B. I love no one but thee. You are my life, you see. Please come on home to me. Until you come back home, I'll sing my lonesome song. You love me crying, you love me crying, you love your slippers next to mine. I know I treated you kind, you'll drive me out my mind. You'll drive me out my mind, I said yes, slowly dying.
Yeah. Um, sound, it sounded familiar, yes. I see you're sneaking on something a little bit more modern now. I am. Uh, you know, every time I listen to the blasters, I, there's always a little part of my brain that recalls what I was listening to at that time, the first time I got into the blasters. And, and at about the same time, and one of their label mates was a band called Los Lobos. And, and I loved Los Lobos. I saw them several times in the 80s. And um, this, this album is, uh, for me, is iconic. And this song this is... How the Wolf Will Survive? Or yes, something. and this is, this, this is How the Wolf Will... How the Wolf Survive. What is it? How Will, will the Wolf... Not How. Will the Wolf oh, Survive. Will the wolf, will wolf Survive. Will the Wolf Survive. And that's, that, that's this song that I'm going to play now. Standing in the pouring rain 
Los Lobos. The 80s coming back. Well, that's why we have vinyl. So we can play stuff like that. Um, you can hear the crinkling in the mic. Yes. <laughs> as, he, as he puts away the vinyl. The plastic wrap. So I think we're just about done with... I mean, I think we're just about up close to our two-hour... We're not sure what timing is right now. We've had a bunch of technical <laughs> snafus tonight. So we're just... But I think we're about at two hours. And I think we're going we're gonna to close it out with... And this is appropriate. Charlie Rich. I feel like going home. Lord, I feel like going home I tried and I failed and I'm tired and weary everything I done was wrong And I feel like going home Lord, I tried to see it
definitely was a closing song. Well, you know, the idea is to bring it down and have everybody be relaxed at the end and say, yeah, you know, that was a, that was a yeah, nice... No cliffhanger here. No, that was just a nice way to end it. Yeah. Uh, it's not a downer. I just feel like going home, you know? It's time to go home. So, uh, you know, and we'll do this again when we get the time and we get a little bit of... Um, a little bit of inspiration for what music we can play again and thanks for joining us yes number two of shellac and vinyl see you next time good night